everybody. Welcome to Two Guys Five Movies. This one your co-host, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelican. Uh, you are listening to episode 191 of the podcast, and tonight we are concluding the Summer of Steel, talking about Zack Snyder's 2013 Man of Steel and the 2016 follow-up Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice uh, Ultimate Edition uh, that we mm-hmm. watched. Um uh, and this is also kind of concludes David S. Goyer week um, on the podcast, as we talked about a day David S. Goyer written movie on the Spin Chagrin earlier in the week. So, um, Frank, when did you first watch these movies? Did you watch them when they first came out, like um, in the theater? No. Or... Well, no. One, yes. I saw mm-hmm. Man of Steel uh, two years after it was released, maybe mm-hmm. um, on Cinemax or HBO or something. Um, I watched Batman versus Superman in the theater with my son, mm-hmm. and then I watched it on, on the Ultimate Edition on Blu-ray um, the week it was released. Gotcha. Um, we we watched that, and I seem to remember at least with Batman v Superman. Um, I remember you telling me a long time ago when you first watched it. I think that you really liked it a lot. Um, so what were just like your kind of broad initial thoughts upon seeing it? You know, seven eight years ago or whatever um i thought it was an interesting take on uh the dark knight returns but kind of reimagined into uh, um the quote-unquote like modern uh dc universe Mm -hmm. um i actually i i I think i like it less now than i did before Mm. um i I guess I had seen, maybe I had not seen Man of Steel at that point yet. I might not have watched Man of Steel until after I saw Batman versus Superman. Okay. So I think I was kind of interested in that version of Superman, the idea of the guy who's conflicted about like his role in the world and the ro- the world is conflicted about their acceptance of him. Um, although I have some problems with that now, I think that I was interested in the idea mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, um, I just think it's been kind of ruined over the course of the movies that um, gotcha. Snyder made. Yeah, yeah. I, I I hadn't seen any of these honestly. I think I watched the Whedon Justice League on a whim pre-COVID, and then I went back and watched all these during co- like the first year of COVID because it was what else was I going to do? Um, and that was when I watched all of them like in a row. It might have been around the time of the the Snyder cut was. 2020 right i think um of justice league i think that's right um uh it's either 2020 or 2021 yeah yeah i mean it was during covid and it was yeah maybe i heard about the schneider cut and i that's when i watched them finally but i watched them too many times now um to to try to be fair here um i mean i think you would agree uh, I, I think because of the Snyder cut stuff and like, you know, what happened with Whedon, like these movies like are have taken on maybe more controversy than they need to. Um possibly. Because ostensibly they are just superhero movies. Um, but it seems like it was like the fallout from all of that and certain elements pushing for the Snyder cut, um, you know, and stuff like that that like has like led to like Snyder being kind of looked at oddly and you know like these movies being kind of like looked at oddly at times um 
so I was just trying to like rewatch these a couple of times before we talked about them just to be fair about them as movies and, and what I thought of them. Uh, so I did watch, unfortunately, in the past three weeks, uh, both of these things twice <laughs> um, and that and watched uh, the Snyder Justice League um, again as well. Um, so the first movie that we're going to kind of talk about, Man of Steel in 2013, um, written by David S. Goyer, um, directed by Zack Snyder. We have Henry Cavill this time portraying Cl- Clark Kent in Superman, Amy Adams, Lois Lane. Michael Shannon takes on the role of Zod. <clears throat> Kevin Costner, Diane Lane played Jonathan and Martha Kent. Lawrence Fishburne is Perry White, and Russell Crowe plays Jarrell um, during the movie. Uh, very quick um, history since I've been kind of like following that. Uh, in between this and Superman Returns, a lot of pitches, including from Mark uh, Miller and uh, Grant Morrison, uh, make pitches to Warner Brothers to try to revive this. Um, all of them are rejected. Goyer is writing, wrote, uh, what's the last Batman movie, Frank, from Nolan? Um, Rises? Oh, right? yeah, Batman. Dark Knight Rises? Dark Knight Rises. Um, he wrote that movie uh, for Nolan and tells... Nolan, his idea about um, what he would do with a Superman reboot, Nolan pitches it to the to Warner Brothers, and um, because it's Nolan, they go ahead and start production because um, of Nolan's influence. Uh, they consider a lot of directors, including Guillermo del Toro, Zemeckis, um, Affleck, uh, Aronofsky, Matt Reeves, um, interestingly enough, Tony Scott, all these Finally, Schneider's chosen um, him and Nolan uh, briefly considered having Bale's Batman be in these movies eventually, uh, but it just didn't work out timing wise and stuff like that. (laughs) Um, So there there was some like, you know, plan Bale Cavill uh, (laughs) universe like and um, I don't know what that would have done. Um, (laughs) I don't know if our universe could take it. (laughs) Right so um so then we get this movie um you know casting goes fairly quickly um it seems in casting these roles and um he goes ahead and does this and snyder kind of like takes on and like decides he wants to kind of create a unit like a broader universe um out of this after he directs the first one and, and the history is made so um I know we slightly differ maybe on this movie a little bit. Um, overall, like I'm fairly bored by it. Don't really get it, Man of Steel, so much. But uh, you have better feelings now about it, right? So can you go ahead and go through like what you're, what you like about it? So I kind of want to talk about like what I think that Snyder does like right with yeah. Man of Steel, and then yeah. kind of get into like where I think it sort of falls falls short. Mm-hmm. Um. I really like I really like the concept of Superman being like the ultimate powerful force in these movies where he's I I really think that Snyder is the only director that's ever captured Superman's true like ultimate power that he has in terms of hmm. um even though, like, he gets knocked down and, like, thrown around and stuff, Superman never feels weak in Snyder's movies. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a visceral force to Superman in terms of when he's flying, when he's, like, 
you know, it, it, it does a good job of illustrating him restraining himself in certain situations mm. and then showing when he's absolutely like not restraining himself, right. um, which I think is a good non like it, it's a good nonverbal way of like illustrating his humanity sort of in the sense that he knows how to restrain himself and you know you watch the um christopher reeve one he he seems kind of weak in the christopher reeve one like things seem like a struggle to him and it sort of detracts from like the mystique of superman and i feel like that's especially true in um uh the other reboot um superman returns or whatever it's called Mm -hmm. um because again it's like it's too difficult for him to do certain things. And like, that's the point is that it's never difficult for Superman to do things is that Superman is like holding himself back. So he doesn't just absolutely destroy everything. Right. Um, And that's one of the more interesting parts I think too, is that like when he fights, especially when he's fighting against uh, Zod and the other Kryptonians in uh, man of steel, so many things get destroyed that eventually he, has to let himself go in order to you know like take them down and the the way that villains the way that like his adversaries react um and this is true for the way that batman even reacts to him in um batman versus superman the way that people react to him like actually showing just how powerful he is i think is another good like non you know, they're not sitting there, like, saying, like, oh, my God, you're, like, so strong. But the way that they react to, like, feeling his strength, sure, um, I think is a really good illustration of just how powerful that character is. So, in that respect, I think that Snyder really gets the basic, like, power level of Superman, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I think that he kind of fetishizes it with the whole God thing, like, talking about Superman being a God. Um which always feels like really forced and like false to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like showing it the way that he shows it visually, I think it's really good. And yeah, I hadn't um, considered that, I suppose. I, and they do it visually as well. Um, even upon flight, like you think back to the Christopher Reeve versions and obviously like limited at the time for some of those special effects, but um, he's always landing very softly. Like when he lands to the ground or, and when he takes off, it's just like, a, a whoosh like you know yeah but you like you actually like feel that power upon landing like the the smash the thud and like the the like the mock force or something yeah. like of like when he's shooting into the air and um yeah no that's that that's absolutely right yeah and and one of the more interesting things about that just the flight aspect of it and again i think that this is something that snyder does that i think that most like even like marvel movies don't get right which is the illustration of a human being in flight, like like self-powered flight, mm-hmm. I think Snyder captures perfectly with Superman. I think it looks the way that it, the way that you kind of like visualize it when you're reading in the comic, like watching him fly, like it feels that way. Mm. Um, there's a really interesting scene in um, early in Man of Steel where he's first kind of learning that he can fly. And he puts his fists down on the ground and like he's had like a unsuccessful flight where he's kind of like just, you know, careened wildly out of control. And he kneels down and he kind of like focuses his energy and you see 
like the rocks around his fists like start to like kind of crack and then elevate a little bit mm-hmm. just as i guess him gathering his like gathering his power like his force and then just like propelling himself into the air and flying you know almost faster than you can perceive the um scenery going by next to him and i just i think that just in terms of like that character i think it's incredibly important to show those strengths and i don't know that i i think a lot of things get lost in the narrative and i don't think the snyder gets enough credit for just how masterfully he captures the idea visually of who superman is mm-hmm. and actually i think part of it is because of that stupid fucking costume yeah um but everything else about it like the way the way he holds himself the way he like is just kind of casual in terms of moving through the air like all of those things and you know to your point like the impact of things happening um it's all really interesting and um again i think i don't know if you can call like this movie underrated maybe um because i think it's kind of like reviled by some people and just sort of like most people i don't think i think just don't really care about it but um i think that definitely like snyder is the one person that's truly captured what superman is from a visual perspective Mm -hmm. um i don't particularly care for zod being the villain in this movie and we'll we'll get to that in a minute but i think that he captures the military like the unrealistic but unwavering military justification that zod has for his actions and instead of making him just like this scenery chewing megalomaniac like the terrence stamp zod Mm -hmm. even though i i think the terrence stamp zod is the superior performance Mm -hmm. i think the character of zod in man of steel is the superior interpretation of that because he's not just like a lunatic he's a very reasoned principled man who just doesn't care about anything but the things that matter to him right and i think that's a really important designation because it it doesn't make him a scenery chewing comic book villain it adds like enough nuance where you can kind of almost understand zod a little bit agreed it makes it value based as opposed to ego based um yeah yeah it's it's just the writing lets down that character um and unfortunately i think that you know there's just an element where i just don't think snyder understands what makes superman great necessarily and like i texted you this and we'll get to it more in depth but but Michael Shannon's performance and the idea of Zod and the idea of his team as being like just this elite military like hit squad kind of that's existed for you know a third of a century pushing themselves forward just based on the idea of trying to you know bring their people back kind of even though you could argue that they had you know you take his actions from the beginning of the movie um they could have done more had they not just been like complete assholes but right uh, um but anyway so there's that yep um i'm i like the world i like snyder's dc universe more than i like nolan's dc universe 
Nolan's DC universe is very bland to me and it doesn't feel, um, it just, I mean, it's just a city, right? Like mm -hmm. Gotham and to Nolan, because he doesn't care about the superheroics. He just cares about telling the story he's telling. So it's hard to explain, but there's a feeling of comic bookiness to the way that Snyder portrays that universe in terms of the architecture and in terms of, you know, um, just sort of the way that like the superheroes look next to things like everything has like a larger than life feel like when you're looking at the way that they have Superman's ship is like surrounded by, you know, government agencies and they have it like quarantined. Mm -hmm. There's a feeling of like, this is something out of a comic book. Whereas Nolan, everything just looks like a scene from like the nightly news or <laughs> whatever. Like everything feels okay. just like very grounded in reality. And I know that that's his point. Yeah, but I think that you're doing a disservice to your source material if you're not embracing some of the grandiose comic nature of things. Mm -hmm. You know, you look at somebody like, um, because again, I think that this is a problem with Superman Returns too, is that it just you know can't help himself. Like it all just looks like so flat and boring. Right. Um, but you look at something like, um, what's his name, um. Burton's Batman movies and that's like almost too far in the other direction and I think that even though it's hard for me to explain like you I think that Snyder just captures like the right balance between those two things hmm. okay um uh, I know that he gets a lot of like a lot of hate um I actually think that Cavill's performance as Superman is is pretty spot on. Um, I again, I think that it's not carried very well by the dialogue, and I think there's some, um, some issues like overall with the narrative that we'll we'll talk about. But Cavill has like a a guy that's just always constantly having to restrain himself against like being something that he feels like he shouldn't be because of this enforced morality by his, his upbringing. Um, and I think that he does a good job, um, even though I, th I know he gets derided sometimes. I think he does a good job of kind of showing that like forced restraint in his, like the, like the clench of his jaw and like, you know, the like furrow of his brow. Um, and it's not like a perfect performance, but I think with a better script and, um, just a better like overall story i think that it would have been a more interesting portrayal and it probably would have been regarded much higher mm. than it like currently is so yeah I, I i haven't i honestly didn't do a ton of reading just a little bit like in terms of the reception i did more on like the history of it but um i didn't know that was like kind of like a common thing but yeah i definitely that's that's the one thing you said so far like everything else i can understand or and agree with uh largely um i just hadn't thought of but uh i do not like this guy um in this role really like i i at times there are certain scenes where i think he does well he's fine but a lot of times i just i don't like the interpretation of the character first of all and then like 
and then it's like i don't know he's just not superman to me like he like the character itself and then i don't like he's very wooden to me it feels see i read um I, I i read enough superman in my life comics where i can tell you that most people's interpretation of superman is really lean in terms of as a character um Super like Clark Kent is continuously just an idiot. Like he's a bumbler and a right. yeah. And there's never any reason to think that Clark Kent could be a successful newspaper reporter or right. like a love interest for Lois Lane. Uh, except for the fact that like John Byrne portrays Superman as, or Clark Kent is like an overly muscled, almost like frat boy kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, and Superman also just kind of like is a like kind sort of a jerk, and I sort of like Cavill's interpretation as this like he's not like an aw shucks, bumbling like farm boy like you know Christopher Reeve is, but he's a dude that is so afraid of like showing who he is. I think that it's like he's got to like hold himself back all the time and honestly I, there's another thing that there's a lot of criticism of but i really like the interactions between him and amy adams lois lane like i to me that feels like what the superman lois relationship is which is the only time where he can act like a real person hmm. and like people make fun of the bathtub scene and whatever it's it's stupidly done but that's snyder's fault that's not adams and cavill's fault and i think that the idea of him being playful and happy and content, you know, just living like this normal life, I think is a really great illustration of what Superman is as a man. You know, the humanity part of this, like, all-powerful, like, alien being is that he can just go home and have a relationship with the woman that he loves. Um, And I, I, I think that's what Snyder's trying to show. I just, when we get to the things that he gets wrong that's one of my biggest things is i don't think snyder understands interpersonal relationships or how to write like good believable dialogue right so uh what else did you like about it like because i am interested in all this because i i just don't care for it. i mean i so i'm so gonna far, go with... it's like filmmaking world building you've been talking about in Captain, right you know and so. you know the again like the the under one of the few directors i think that truly like I would say James Gunn is in this category. I would say the um uh uh Taka Watiti, whatever his name is, he's another one. Um the guys that the 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 Russo brothers or whatever that directed the infinity stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a small number of directors that I think really understand what superpowers are and how you should direct and illustrate superpowers in a you know in a film. Mm-hmm. And I think the Snyder is she is pretty high among them, like that understands like mm-hmm. what that is. And that's for me, that's almost enough to like hide a lot of other sins because I'm so engrossed in the idea of somebody just like getting it right and like doing it so well. Right. Which is why this movie like ultimately is super disappointing um in the end, because he gets so many things wrong. But I like that. Um I'm going to say that this is just like a a broad complaint. Luther, Zod, not the way to go. Like, to me, those are 
right. really lame choices as the villains that you bring up for Superman. And the only reason you're doing it is so you don't really have to like do any kind of work to explain what those right. characters are. Right. Which I appreciate the fact that you're willing to say like people understand that this universe exists because it does. And people understand who Superman is and everyone knows Batman's backstory. And even though like he has his moments where he shows that stuff, because I just think, I just think some people can't help. I, I think directors can't help themselves. Like they want to show those, those things. Mm-hmm. I don't think he beats you over the head with it. Like you get in many other movies, mm-hmm. especially in the Nolan stuff. And in the um, Superman returns like way, way, way too um focused on the idea of like hey we gotta show like these origin stories that all of us know right so i do thank snyder for having the respect for his audience Mm -hmm. to understand that people know like where these people come from we don't got to show like all that shit sure um but it's lazy like one of the biggest complaints about superman that led to the reboot so little like i guess like backtracking like we we, we've talked briefly about the death of superman when we talked about steel Mm -hmm. um last time so the reason that the death of superman happened was because superman had gotten incredibly stale like john byrne had kind of rebooted superman in the mid 80s and breathed some life into him and he had like gained interest again but dc had kind of fallen behind marvel anyway and um even like smaller like companies like dark horse who were doing much more gritty um you know frank miller driven like fucking stories so they decided that they were going to kill superman as a way to introduce like actual danger into you know the character Mm -hmm. like to show that he could be beaten by somebody else or that he could die and so they introduced doomsday so part of that comes from the fact that you know a character like luther is never going to beat Superman with a physicality. It always has to be either with technology or intellect or some sort of like trickery. Mm -hmm. And they use all three of those things with Luther in these movies where he uses kryptonite, you know, he takes the alien technology, he kidnaps Martha Kent to like trick Superman and to kill him. But like all these things he does that are perfect illustrations of what, the creators in the early 90s realized which is that that's really fucking boring mm-hmm. and the fact that you've already seen luther in every iteration of superman that's yeah. been on film yeah and in what i would consider not that i'm a big fan of the um the show but in smallville like a much better iteration of him as a character as the whoever whatever that guy's name is who played luther michael rosenbaum yeah. yeah like a really good performance there but Luther's not interesting, but Superman's got all these other interesting, you know, he's got this whole like cadre of villains that are more interesting in terms of never seeing them before and like visual mm-hmm. representation. You know, there's Brainiac, there's Metallo, there's Bizarro, who I, I don't understand why no one's ever done Bizarro because that could lead into like your, cause every, cause every director loves the alternate universe bullshit. And this is something that Snyder was obsessed with, was the alternate universe take of, like, you know, the evil Superman or whatever, like, ultimate, like, Nietzschean Superman mm-hmm. who's, you know, might, might is power or whatever, will to power, whatever you want to call it, um, yeah. that he could have introduced 
the um alternate universe uh justice league or injustice league which is like evil superman evil wonder woman Owlman, whatever um bizarro i can't remember what wonder woman's evil counterpart is the green lantern evil counterpart like all that stuff could have built into there's like your first you know three movie arc is like fighting those things because of something that happens that lets them bleed into the universe like fighting with bizarro or whatever mm-hmm. i don't know mm-hmm. but taking like because no matter how goofy it is people love the kryptonians and superman too like i think that zod is right. probably one of the most you know everyone knows like neil before zod everyone sure has like that connection to that character especially people our age like it's something that yeah, we grow everybody up. can imagine what that character looks like like and no matter what like even though i think it's an interesting interpretation and i think it's a good performance by michael shannon it doesn't compare at all it's just this really boring military dude that has superpowers because he's kryptonian but that honestly like superman beats pretty easily you know i mean it's not like there's a whole lot of difficulty there and him taking him down once superman's willing to exert the full force of his you know his power i i thought it was really weird not knowing the comics hardly at all i'm really just knowing the 80s 70s 80s stuff um I thought it was weird to start with Zod. Like, I, I always felt like because of those Reeve movies, in my mind, Zod is something you would build towards as opposed to as as a legitimate threat, not something that you'd, like, do in the first movie. And I kind of get why you would do it because it exposes Superman finally, but, um, like, and you need something kind of, like, I, but it doesn't have to be Zod. Like you just listed off a bunch of things that you know you could right. do. But Metallo specifically is somebody that's built to kill Superman. Yeah, I I just felt it was really weird to like kind of like bring Zod in and do and do away with him immediately. And he's he's a bitch. Like I mean, well, ultimately, yeah. Like, I mean, you, you kind of bring him back because then you turn him into Doomsday, which is also a really weird like take on right, it from right, Snyder. But right. so let me, I'll, I'll use what you just said to segue into things I don't like about this mm-hmm. movie. I 100% agree. And I think the problem is that Snyder was so fixated on the idea of ha- having Batman and Superman fight so he could make his fucking Dark Knight Returns mm-hmm. that he had to find a way to humanize Superman to the point where you could believe that someone could hurt him and, and basically destroy Metropolis so that he could use that as his catalyst to push like... and we'll kind of like blend the two reviews here so completely unbelievable that the character of Batman would just like want to murder this man for that. You know, I mean, I understand that it's, it's terrible, whatever the destruction and the idea of like, well, at any time, if he decides that he wants to hurt us, but there's no evidence that that's true. You know, and Batman's like a very logical person and he's not somebody that's just going to go out and murder someone. And the idea and, the Dark Knight Returns isn't that Batman wants to kill Superman. It's that Batman has always thought of that 1% chance that maybe someday I may have to fight this guy and has all of these contingency plans in place so that if he needs to beat Superman's ass, he has a good chance of doing it. 
And actually, it's much more interesting in The Dark Knight Returns because he doesn't like have like a kryptonite spear, which is the fucking dumbest thing ever. That is dumb, yes. He detonates a nuclear weapon to block out the sun mm-hmm. so that Superman can't right. draw power from the sun. I mean, it's like, right. It's so much more egregious on Batman's part because the point of that is that Batman is the villain there, kind of. Batman has become this person that he's not, but it's not like. Like, there's no mystique to that Batman character, and there's no, like, you haven't had time to build Superman to the point where you could even think that anybody could, could, like, these congressional hearings, like, come on, he's he's been around for, like, three weeks. Look, all all of this, one of the things I have a problem, yes, combining them together is, and it's a large problem to me, is that, like, I don't care about Superman. And it's because the first movie hasn't done a good enough job really to make me care about that character, I don't think, yet. It's like, he's been exposed to the world. Here's Zod. Okay, he beat Zod. Like, I get that he's powerful. I haven't spent enough time with him, like, to start caring about him. The Batman stuff starts in the next movie. Batman wants to kill him based on also not knowing him you know like is like this guy could be a threat i actually like that element of it i'll be honest is like batman just being like this guy could do like this guy could easily just destroy everything he's a threat no matter what this alien um i kind of like it and then he like learns to you know when he meets him and stuff and like learns to kind of like respect him more i guess and trust him but i don't mind that but then it's like all this shit happens and just shit just happens, 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 happens. I still right, like the world is upset. I I kind of see that too. Like there's some elements of that that I like with the congressional stuff, but it's like you haven't spent enough time in the right. world. Right. Or it's, with it's, the character, and then he dies. And I'm like, okay. It it's like, an interesting it's concept. Months. Right. An interesting concept that's way too rushed. Yes. And I think the problem is, I think Snyder just wanted to do too many things. Like, the one credit that I will always give Marvel, and I I think that by and large, Marvel has done it, just done it right. But the biggest thing they've done right is giving their characters a chance to, to, for you to learn them in Mm -hmm. terms of like on screen. You know, you, you let me see, and I'm not a big fan of that first Thor movie. But let me see a Thor movie where I get to learn Chris Hemsworth as Thor, you mm-hmm. know, and where I get to see what that world looks like and see what his powers look like in a vacuum of all the other superheroes. And you do that with all of them, and then you bring them together, and then you do it again with all of them, and then you bring them together again. And by the point where I don't need any backstory or anything because I've already gotten it in these standalone movies, and he's taking all these. You know, they start with the Infinity War in the Marvel stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a pretty big place to start. But in the grand scheme of the Marvel Universe, it's just one small arc. Right. And when it's done, you haven't ruined any other arc. Right. The problem with the way that Snyder approaches approached his world building is that he's ruining so many other things by immediately jumping to what ultimately is... Have we ever talked about Elseworlds on the podcast when we we're talking about Superman, the comic? Not, album? not, not during the the Summer Seal, no. But I, it's we've talked about it elsewhere a couple times. But so, for anyone who's not familiar, Elseworlds is a DC conceit 
Uh, Marvel used to do the same thing. They called it What If. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's like, pretend like this is different and this character is, this is their origin. And now you see like, well, what, what would have happened in that respect? So Superman crashes in, you know, Yakutsk instead of Kansas. Mm -hmm. And now he's like the Russian, you know, symbol of truth or Batman existed while Jack the Ripper was operating in, you know, London what is that like and so Mm -hmm. they're really interesting takes and what Snyder has done is he's basically taken the canon for his film and made it a bunch of like Elseworld shit Mm -hmm. and the problem is is you can never go back and tell like normal Superman and Batman stories once you've like pushed the narrative so hard in that direction right which again to my point is why it's like the Injustice League would have been so much more interesting because you could do alternate universe stuff and never have any effect on the normal universe mm-hmm. because you can always go back from it because it exists outside of your universe anyway. Right. And it could have led him into eventually doing crisis on infinite earth, which would have been super interesting, but mm-hmm. because I don't know, I, because he doesn't understand that he th- thinks that what makes Superman interesting Cause I, I think the Snyder has some kind of crazy God complex anyway. And I think that he, I think if you look at his interpretation of Watchmen, um, I think if you look at something like even like Sucker Punch or whatever, Snyder does not understand what makes powerful people interesting. And I think Mm -hmm. there's maybe an element in him where he's afraid of power or he, I don't Mm -hmm. know, like maybe he's got some kind of like God complex. I have no idea like what causes it, but he wants to always focus on especially with Superman, like this idea that he's so much better than us. Like he's so much more powerful than us. And the, the truth of Superman, like the thing that makes Superman interesting is the opposite of that in that he is exactly like you. He just has like this different, you know, he's made differently, but he still like loves and hopes and is afraid and, Mm -hmm. He cares because he was raised as a human. He's not a monster or an alien. You know, he was from an infant. He was raised as a boy. So he's got right. all these all these powers. But you know, like exploring that is the thing that makes like Superman interesting. And again, the problem I think with Snyder is that I don't think he recognizes that. I think that Snyder thinks what makes Superman interesting is that he can punch somebody through a building. And again, I think that's really cool the way the Snyder does that. But I Mm -hmm. think that because he's in such a rush just to get to these, like, I got to kill Superman. Like, I got to show the death of Superman. I got to show Superman and Batman fighting and show that Batman can beat Superman if he wants to. Like, all those things take away from in my opinion, what inherently makes like the DC universe like kind of cool, even though I think DC is like worse than Marvel inherently. Um you know, like you can build that character and you can build sure. these scenarios and eventually like if you would have done it right, I think you could have gotten to those stories and you could yeah. have told like an else world's tale of you know the Dark Knight returns if you wanted to. But they just they rush through it too much and I think that it drains the interest from it yeah and agreed think- there, there there was no patience with any of it and it's like one of the things that made marvel marvel 
is the extreme patience that it took and commitment that it took to back those individual movies before you got to justice and what was there five of them like before you get to avengers and it's like uh, it, it takes a there's l- more than that yeah it takes a lot it takes a lot of time and patience to um to to get to that point and there's even more patience in between the next one like you know and they're making money hand over fist with it and it's like to rush this like they did right is just it, it makes it feel not meaningful or important like yeah. and um and i like a lot of elements of batman v superman dawn of justice but um but it's it's too i mean the ultimate edition is three hours too long um to some degree it's like but it's like the elements you could take some of them and you could pull it apart and craft stories around certain things and build multiple movies off of right so part of the problem too is that at three hours and two minutes or whatever the ultimate edition Mm -hmm. is of that movie it needed to be like five hours long i mean there's yes tons of stuff that is either half-assed in the way they explain it or is not explained at all like, why is Luther so easily able to figure out who Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent are, you know? Right. Like, okay, he's a genius, blah, 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 but... Right. I don't know. Like, it just, it, it feels super rust. Yeah. And then you're supposed to, like, believe that... And I think there's some emotional import to the idea of luther abandoning you know his his helper like sacrificing her you know at so he can i don't even know like what reason there is a sacrifice or just don't make her go sitting there or whatever he's just an asshole really but maybe there is a maybe you build a reason for that to happen when he blows superman up in that movie you know like maybe and how is like how does no one understand that like fucking Luther's doing it? Like, why don't they just say like, hey, mm-hmm. Lex Luther blew up this building and said they're like, Oh, we can't talk about it. It's gotta be in a secret. I don't know. It's just dumb. That shit bothers right. me. Yeah. So it bothers me because I think those are all good ideas. I just think the execution is so bad and so rushed that it ends up like you lose the thread of how good that idea was in this because you're just, I don't know. It's just like flying past you for no reason. Yeah. It's all just like, you know, it's just, like I said, it just feels at times like shit and shit and shit just happening and happening and happening. Um, so I do want to kind of bring up the, the characterizations, um, of some of these people, like, and how they're portrayed and, and some of the performances and, and maybe pull those things apart a little bit real quick. Okay. So two things that I think in terms of characterization that I wanted to bring up, and this is actually to me a positive, um, positives with caveats. I really like Affleck as Batman in this. And I actually, I actually really like this Batman a lot. Um, And I really like, uh, oh, damn it. I don't have my page pulled up here real quick um i really like jesse eisenberg's performance but not as lex luther yes it's a terrible lex luther it's a terrible luther 
like he reminds me more of the Riddler in my mind in the way that he like acts and stuff like that. It's almost like a Riddler origin story or something like that. Like the, how kind of goofy and like, you know, crazy he is um, at times, but I really like that performance. I just don't like it for the character. Um, I like the idea of someone manipulating, like I, I really like the story that's, that's built of, him trying to make people turn on Superman. Yeah, I mean it's it's I, fine. I think it's a good plot or whatever, you know, like in plot in the sense of like scheme. Um that and and it takes on these kind of like global like, you know, concerns like about like whether Superman's going to like do things and I like the way that like the character manipulates that. I like that storyline. I like the way he plays it. I really like the scenes with like him and Holly Hunter um, and stuff like that. Like, I think that it's a really good performance. I just don't care for the fact that it's Luther because it doesn't feel like Lex Luther to me, even if it does follow, like you said, a number of his right. tropes. Well, no, um, but that's the thing is it only in theory, not in actual practice. How do you mean? So Lex Luther is not a lunatic. Um, he's not like a psychopath, and there's actually even a joke about that where he says, "Um, what does he say? A psychopath is just a three-syllable word for someone who doesn't understand big ideas or something mm -hmm, like that." Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so this movie portrays him as like an unhinged giggling like tittering like super villain like uh right you know whatever lex luther in the comics is a man who gets elected president you know who runs right. like one right. of the biggest corporations in the world and who is viewed as you know a leader among men like it's not he's not this ridiculous like there's nothing in eisenberg's performance that would ever lead you to believe that he would be welcomed in like the highest echelons of politics Correct. and society it's right. just it's a bad performance in that respect it's not a good it's not a well-written lex luther right and then just to have him sit there in a cell and be like a tool of dark seed that's another thing that they just just shoot in your wad like right away like imagine right. if the first three Marvel movies would have been Thanos, Doctor Doom, and Galactus. <laughs> right. And every right. like character you could shoehorn in that like goes along with those people. Right. And it's like you're wasting it. Like you're wasting these momentous arcs that over the course of 75 years have been built that you have like all this history to pull from mm -hmm. and what you're just for the cheap pop like you're just wasting it and you know what it is is because and maybe with gun at the helm it'll be different there's no singular vision as to what that universe is you know right like nobody yeah. understands none of these creators that have been a part of this universe yet except i think for james gunn a little bit understand what it means to craft like a superhero narrative or a superhero story and it's like man we had to wait what like seven or eight years to to see thanos for the first time for real 
But, but you right. got him teased in that, you know, what is that, like Iron Man 1, I think, or no? No, it's, I think it's Avengers. Yeah, the first Avengers movie, you're mm-hmm. right. Um, you, you get him teased, and it's like, oh, man, Thanos is going to come eventually, and then you got to wait for him. And, like, that's right. that's what comics do, is they introduce a character in issue 51, and you don't, like, get fully invested in that character until, like, issue 70, because right. it's a slow build that keeps you coming back. And Snyder either didn't care or didn't understand that. And it just... So anyway, so it's a bad interpretation of Luther. So I have a really mm. big problem with that. Yeah. Um. Again, I really like the idea of the interpretation of Zod. I just think it's wasted in that particular instance of like... It, it's, it's... You're just retreading the same ground that someone else has already done. Sure. And you're never going to do it like 100% better. So why do it? Like, just do something else. They, he does get some characters right, I think. Um, and I think it's more. Again, I said this to you in text. He understands like how to put a scene together. He doesn't understand how to breathe life into like a character in, mm-hmm. in a movie. He just doesn't get how humans interact with each other mm-hmm. or how people talk. Right. Like Perry White is a really good interpretation of Perry White because Lawrence Fishburne makes it that way. Right. And Perry White is not like a super important character, but he's a really well-known character. And Mm -hmm. it's an interesting character in the sense that it's, you know, Clark and Lois's boss or whatever. Right. Um, And that's another thing too, that like nobody has ever gotten right. That, the beauty of Clark Kent being a newspaper reporter is it's Superman being able to explore the world through the mask of a human while still putting himself in positions where he can save people if he needs to and have it be realistic that Clark would be there. I mean, it's the same thing they did with Spider-Man when they basically ripped off Spider-Man, mm-hmm. you know, to get to that point. But it's it's interesting and like nobody's ever done a good enough job i think like making superman um a character that um i don't know like putting like clark in that role where like he actually matters as a character right and i get that like you want to get to the superman stuff and i think that um one of the problems with the original movies is that they focus too much on clark as a person but Clark is an idiot and mm. not just like an actual like human being. Um, but I think that Perry White is a good balance of like an actual human character and like a realistic seeming, you know, I mean, I've never worked in a newspaper, right. um, but like he seems like a real editor. Yeah, I think that I think Amy Adams does a good job with what she's given as Lois Lane, although I think it's a bad interpretation of Lois Lane. Right. Um. I think it's much better than the fucking Superman Returns Lois Lane, who I, I yes. absolutely like hated. Yes, yes. But it still is like... She's not given much to work with to me. Well, because Snyder doesn't care right. about... But she's all that matters, right? It's all about Lois. Um, um, there's a disconnect there to me. Like, that it's like, this is all about, like, Lois... But really, it's about Superman's feelings for Lois, and but Lois doesn't really matter as a character. It feels like in the way that she's written, like, um, 
we all know Amy Adams, fabulous actor. Like, um, but yeah, she's not getting enough to work with here to show that, I think. Yeah, I agree. And also it's like why would anyone want to just like why would you not just kill yourself in Snyder's like DC universe? Like there is nothing warm or happy yes. or alive. Right. It's like it's yeah fucking slate gray and fucking burnt umber. Like yes. that's his whole I you know I have I that know. I said I I called like I said you know in my notes I know I said that visually it's just like dour and the acting a lot of times is dour like everything is so serious all the time there's no charm there's no levity there's one fucking joke in Man of Steel I, I that's why another reason why I like Batman vs Superman more is because at least there's like some attempts at levity even if they don't pay off very much like or they're like haha funny but there's seriously a Man of Steel one joke and it's some kind of shit where you know a female captain or whatever gets chided by the general because she's smiling when Superman flies away because Superman's so hot is what she finally admits. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, okay. Uh, like, I, that's it. That's the only joke you get, like, in Man of Steel. And it's just like, man, right. like, and I don't need joke jokes, but it's like, can you have some charm? Something? Like, and, and I think that's why I don't like that Clark Kent or that Superman and why I love Christopher Reeve so much. And I know he's bumbling and it's like this 50s kind of bullshit golden age stuff that you've talked about. But I, I prefer that bumbling because at least there's a little bit of damn charm to it. And there's a charm to Christopher Reeve. Yeah, that's true. And and it creates a it doesn't make it seem so dour. Now, I don't think those versions of Superman ever make him serious enough to me. And that's a problem. Um, I would like to see him become more serious <laughs> in those movies. Here, he's just always serious all the time. And the other point I'll make about that seriousness and that dourness is that Batman's the dour one. You can't have Superman be brooding and Batman be brooding. Right. It just makes it all just kind of, ugh. Like, it's just exhausting at times, like, to see them brooding in their own ways. Um, Like, let Superman be hope. Like, but he's not. Like, he has to keep, like, flashing back to his dead dad. Well, because um, here's, here, here's the problem, and this is something, and I don't know what the balance of this is, is my biggest problem with the earlier Superman movies is that there's too much small shit. Like Superman rescuing someone from like a flooded car or Superman, like even like rescuing people from like a crashing plane. That's that's fucking small shit. That's not there's nothing right. interesting about right. that. Sure. But then you can't just automatically jump into an invasion of the world with Superman right. and have that be the story, because then there's not right. enough moments of humanity for Superman. Agreed. He's just it's gods fighting gods, which, again, that's fucking Snyder's point, yeah, and maybe that's Goyer too. I don't know. I mean, Goyer is yeah. like the yeah. megalomaniac too. I think kind of in that respect, but mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I might have it, blame so, Boyer maybe more. But so here, here is my idea of like what I would have done mm-hmm. if I would have been in charge. In the first movie, you know who Superman is, so you don't need to introduce the Kents or the Smallville shit or whatever. Clark is already a reporter in Metropolis, and Superman is already known in the world. Although maybe it's like recently known. Maybe Superman's been around for like a year or two. Enough for like Lois is obsessed with him and you know, but nobody like really knows anything about him. So you have this fight against a minor Superman villain. Like, I don't know who that villain is, but somebody. And then it turns out that it's like Brainiac or whatever is behind like causing this to happen. And so your first act is Superman having a couple of fights against like this mid boss kind of. And then realizing that there's somebody behind him and then having like the climactic battle against like the boss boss. Right. You introduce new characters into it. Everyone is invested because you get to show Superman do a bunch of like cool shit, but you don't have to, um, you're not like burning Luther right away. Maybe Luther is introduced, but he's, you know, the president of LexCorp, which is what he is anyway. Sure. Maybe he's like a big Superman supporter, right? Like early on. And then you find out in later at the end of the movie in the coda, like even in the second movie that Luther's like actually behind like funding this stuff. Right. Then you can make your next movie about, you know, Superman. You can actually do like a Justice League thing. You have, you know, you everyone knows who Batman is. People, you've already had your Wonder right. Woman movies. And then you put those characters together and you don't just do like a full Justice League movie, but you do something that's more like Batman versus Superman without an hour and 40 minutes of Batman and Superman just being all pensive and sure, like talking around and fighting each other. Right. So you, you know, they have some big bad that they have to fight. And maybe that's the end of that is where you reveal that Luther's kind of like been pulling these strings and then. You haven't like burned him as a villain yet, but you can definitely have him whatever, like talk about his idea of why he hates Superman. But it shouldn't be Batman that's like espousing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is where you can introduce the idea. Maybe the Bizarro is the anti-Superman that they're fighting, and that's where you introduce the idea of like the alternate universe. And then you have a third movie where they have to pull together the other members of the Justice League, which I don't understand why Green Lantern isn't one of those members either. Right, because Green Lantern is a lot more important to the Justice League than friggin' Cyborg. Sure. Um, but you pull them together, and then that's like the big your big third movie is like the big fight between the Injustice League and the Justice League. And well, Green Lantern is not pensive, right? Like he's not so fucking dour, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. It depends on which Green Lantern it is because he can be a little bit. But gotcha. But then those like characters all come together. They beat them. You introduce the idea of like other universes, so you can roll into like the Crisis stuff eventually, <laughs> right? And you have spinoff movies now that you can do with like these characters, but it's like, right. I mean, you would probably use Martian Manhunter, right. To start introducing like some of the stuff, like sure. The more, right. maybe the more like galactic stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. But ultimately you haven't burned every major villain in the universe. Right. I wouldn't even, I don't even think I would have had Luther and I wouldn't even involve Luther. I mean, maybe you show something where, you introduce him as a character and you let him like you show 
I am can't believe I'm about to make this comparison, but you pull like a episode one Star Wars thing where you show like some hints that maybe he's not entirely on the up and up, but you it's don't funny, like fully yeah. like burn him as. As soon as you said that earlier, I thought Senator Palpatine. Yeah, yeah, you pull like the. I, the, I didn't the, want to shit on your idea though. <laughs> but I'm saying, but that's right. it's not a bad idea. Like the execution there was just terrible. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, like you build a universe where. At the end of like seven or eight movies, you can have Luther and Superman like have a falling out. Right. Right. The other thing, too, is like you take these really important. And I, I think Doomsday is a stupid character in the general history of DC Comics. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just something that a bunch of geeks in the writing room were like, oh, we got to make this character. And like, this is not even like apocryphal. This really happened. They were talking about killing Superman, and somebody said, oh, it'll be doomsday for Superman. And they were like, yeah, yeah, that's it. And they just designed, like, this most, like, edgelord-looking, like, villain ever. Right. But in the in Snyder's movie, he's this, like, fucking, like, clay baby. Like, <laughs> right. he looks terrible. Right, yes. It's 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 funny. I, it's a really, I don't, I think that fight's really bad, too. Like, I don't, I don't enjoy watching that fight. Like, with at the end of that movie, I I actually, despite some of the sillier elements of it, I enjoy the Batman Superman fight. Yeah, it's fine. It shows both their power. Yes, um, I feel that fight visually is like like too and editing wise too chaotic, like too boring, too dark. Like visually, like I just don't enjoy watching any of that, and Clay Baby is a big part of that, I think as well. Like, um, I just don't enjoy looking at that creation i suppose um and i don't really care for it whatsoever and it all just kind of feels really silly and the idea that i still the idea that he dies bothers me so much so it's like you have five hours and superman's dead now like it's just okay um but yeah your idea sounds perfect um i i i hope i hope gun does a better job is is my only oh point. he will he understands it. it it'll be fine it'll be really good um apparently he's i did see recently he's they're in talks with giancarlo esposito for a role and obviously i think where most people's mind goes towards is luther um and i do think he would probably be a fucking good luther um with the way he acts but, uh, but people have also brought up the possibility of brainiac with him no, I think um, I I like that better, but yeah, sure. I mean, uh, so I don't know this guy at all. Like, I've never seen him in anything. The guy that they cast as Superman, um, what's her name from Mrs. Maisel that is cast as Lois Lane, I think is good casting that I saw so far. Um, as Lois Lane, she'll she'll do a good job with that role, I think. Um. And then I can't remember the slate of movies. We talked about them on like a spin chagrin or something, I think, one time uh, that they have out. But I know they have like the Batman. I can't remember what they call it, but it's a Batman and Robin thing um, that they're doing. Mm. They're doing Swamp Thing. Creature mm. Commandos is an animated thing that's going to happen on Max, I think. Uh uh, what's his name? Green Lantern's already been cast in Superman. Uh, Nathan Fillion's playing Green Lantern. Um, in Superman, that should be fun. Um, my guess is he probably 
it's going to be a certain version of Green Lantern and he'll last for a while, but probably not long term is my guess. Um, that seems to be like what he does with Fillion. Um, <clears throat> so I, I really hope that he does. I mean, they have like a five five movie and like three TV series slate of things. Yeah. So hopefully they build things up slowly and and don't shoot their wad. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I it's hard to put much faith in DC. Um, I guess we probably should talk about Justice League just a little bit. Um, because that's where ultimately like all of this kind of ends with Superman, unless we count the ridiculous cameo at the end of Black Adam because Dwayne wanted to fight Superman. Um. Just, what, how did you Ju- yeah go ahead here's my problem with justice league like none of it's earned right right yeah it's number one i hate to keep i hate to keep shitting on this character but cyborg <laughs> they wanted to introduce a black character and dc for the very for the longest time was not very good at having meaningful black characters in right. terms of like their right. major superheroes. Marvel too, you know, I mean they have right. a few, but DC had less. And sure. this was this was their one. I get it, right? Like I understand that you're trying to appeal to a broad audience, that you're mm-hmm. trying to show that you are inclusive, whatever. Like mm-hmm. it makes sense. Right. But it's not the Justice League. And it's not there's so much time spent on that character because one of the beauty of like Marvel doesn't even have this because Marvel it Marvel's very popular among people that read comics, but a lot of those characters are not immediately known to people who don't, don't read comics, right? Mm-hmm. But Superman, Batman, Aquaman, Green Lantern, and Wonder Woman, everybody knows who those characters are. That's the Justice League. Right. You don't need a bunch of backstory. You don't need a bunch of exposition. You don't need to explain what they can do. Like I am every most people who are our age or even like 10 years younger understand what all of those characters are, what they can do and are aware of like their general history. Right. You got to introduce so many things about Cyborg to make people understand who he is and why he matters. And right. it's too much. It just it detracts from the overall pace and tone of the movie so much. And on top of that, you got to bring Superman back to life, which was like a two-year fucking comic arc. It took Right. To right. Right. And I'm not saying you can't like reduce an arc to like, you know, it's it's base form, but the best comic arcs are the ones that can be told in like six issues and are self-contained. Mm-hmm. And this is not that. So in killing him in the first place and bringing him back and you got to do through all of those, whatever. Right. Oh, you know, he's crazy. He's, mm-hmm. we got to talk, you know, we got to like bring him back around. Like all right. that shit is just dumb. It's dumb. And it's a waste of time. Yes. He, shitting out dark seed for no reason and having it be steppenwolf like th- this is the problem it's the cyborg problem like no you know like did you have any idea who the fuck steppenwolf was no you know going into this movie no. right I'd, I'd heard the name but that's it i don't number know one he doesn't him. even look like steppenwolf so right. even if you like knew him in the comics you wouldn't know him here 
But it's like this generic looking bad guy that's mm-hmm. super powerful, but there's no definition to what his super powerfulness is. He can just jump really far, and if he hits you with his hammer, it hurts a lot. And it's right. just dumb. It's like yes. the parademons. Like, there's no explanation for what Apocalypse is. or like, mm-hmm. And I'm sure, like, even when you watch the movie, they don't, don't talk about, like, Apocalypse no. as a planet and, no. you know, what the new gods are and what Darkseed represents. It's a name that, like, at least if you say Dr. Doom, like, people know who Dr. Doom is, you know? Sure. They don't know who the fuck Dark. Um, I, I I always say Dark Sea. It's actually Dark Side. I right. just say it wrong all yes. the time. But anyway, right. Dark Side. So and it's like this really major important DC villain that over the course of like many movies could have been built up the mystique of them mm-hmm. in the way that Thanos was built in Marvel, but they just right. shoot their wad and it's just right. like there's no reason for it. And the whole movie, it's it's like six movies mashed together, and none it of is. them are any good. Yeah, I, I I will say, um, and I and I know the actor was that Ray Fisher, um, that played Cyborg, had a lot of problems with Whedon and fe- feels like justifiable problems on set when Whedon took over the the movie eventually. Um, I hate the Whedon version of that movie. Um, I dislike the Whedon version of that movie just as much as I dislike the Schneider cut of it um, for completely different reasons. I will say that I think Whedon's cut, even he cuts out all that like cyborg kind of like backstory that Snyder puts so much time and investment into. Um, But I think I understand cyborg in that Whedon version. I know you, I don't think you ever watched it. You said like, I understand who cyborg is in that movie without all that shit like i get enough like and introduces the character and he's just another kind of like person to add to this team um so that's one of the few things i think by reducing it down might have been a little bit better in the whedon version is that you just like okay they have this guy that's also joining the justice league and it's this guy and here's his backstory and you know 90 seconds and you know who he is and why he's like why he is like he is and how is he going to mesh with these people like to stop this thing um that's actually a little bit better than Wien's version but god damn it was exhausting to watch that again in the Snyder cut like yeah, it's too much and and cyborg i i don't think you watched it i love cyborg in doom patrol like I I, it is I love that character in, in Doom Patrol. Um because he's actually like still like a fucking human being to some degree, despite being like having all these things, like terrible trauma happened to him and like being part cyborg, but there's still a humanity to him. Um this guy's just ugh God, it's just dour. Another fucking dour character to add yeah. to everything. Yeah, it's even like more depressing, honestly. right? But I don't know. They don't give enough time to Aquaman and Flash to have them really matter, in yeah. my opinion. Flash becomes it, comic relief. Yeah, and the guy that just kind of whatever, like the do sex machina that helps advance the end of that movie. Sure, and 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 I like him as comic relief. I'll be honest, like that actor and and the character, like the way it works. Like I don't care for the jokes and stuff like that all the time, but it's like at least there's some levity that gets added by that character but he only works in small doses like man giving him his own movie was just uh this drizzling shits but um 
but in small doses, I think that actor and character works really well. Um, and Aquaman, Aquaman and Justice League, God, uh, is that like something like a Leonard Cohen song or something? I, I can't even remember. Oh my God. It, uh, that, that whole scene is that whole scene when he's like downing whiskey with the waves, like is the most ridiculous fucking thing I think I've ever seen in my yeah. entire life. It's so funny. All uh, that let... stuff is really lame. And it's so here, here's another problem I have with all this shit too. Mm-hmm. I know this is the summer of fucking Superman or whatever, but right. Wow. Well, it's the, still Superman. The interpretation Ben Affleck got such a raw deal having to play that Batman because Ben Affleck is the perfect, like, grizzled middle aged Bruce Wayne Batman. He's a fucking buffoon, man. Like, he's he jumps to conclusions all over the place. He, like, flip flops all the time about, mm-hmm. like, what he thinks about everything. And he's just kind of like, like a bogus, like, asshole. I, I don't know. I, I'm really not a fan of. Um, that interpretation of Batman, or even, um, I'm I'm a fan of his interpretation of Bruce Wayne and Batman. I'm not a fan of the way that it's written, or basically like even how they use um how they use him as a character. Then it should have been fleshed out more. He should have gotten his own um. Should have gotten his own Batman movie before they put them together. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you could have had a Superman, a Batman, and a Wonder Woman movie, and then mm-hmm. again, you do those three, then you do a movie where all three of them are together, mm-hmm. and then you do a Flash movie and an Aquaman movie, and right. I think you do another Green Lantern movie. Then you've got another movie where all six of them are together, right? And then you know you've built whatever. Uh, 12 movie universe that feels lived in and real and where you've had the ability to introduce other characters into it at this point too like villains heroes where you've actually kind of built a universe that people can get behind and i think it would have been a lot more successful right and instead you fucking shit like all your ideas into these three movies one of which is actually honestly like three movies in one i think that's the justice league um Snyder cut I don't know right I mean the whole thing was fucked because everybody hates weed you know what I mean like yeah. these these asshole like incel directors just fuck themselves by uh, yeah uh-huh being scumbags you know right. like don't be a scumbag that's the answer and then people wouldn't have as big a problem and wouldn't want to shit on your movies as much or maybe like that's why their movies are kind of garbage sometimes is because they are scumbags. I don't know. Yeah, I that's that's the one word I was trying to myself avoid by watching these movies multiple times. But um, let me just say this in regards to that. I texted you about this and it, and, and like it bothered me, it disconcerted me, and and I sent you a text about it. But there there's two scenes back to back when I was watching um. Superman v. Batman, Dawn of Justice. And I, I'm guilty a lot of times, I think, of synecdoche, right? Like, of, of, of making one part equal the whole. Like, I, I think I'm like that in my personal life at times. I get, a, a, you know, hyper fixated on things. 
but I watched like when I was watching that and I had it on and these two scenes happened back to back and the first scene and, and, and I again I like this kind of like story of like the manipulation of Luther and stuff but it's like he he convinces this guy to like go like testify who's in a wheelchair and he's meeting with like the senator and the and he's crippled and he's in a wheelchair and it's like due to you know like he's trying to like you know complain about superman basically and and he uses phrases like i'm half a man and my wife left me and i can't even piss standing up right um you know (laughs) men in other i mean men in other countries don't always like piss standing up that's like not like every country that men buddy i sit down to pee all the time right right yeah right Uh, so (laughs) right like the immediate next scene, Lois sneaks in to talk to a general that she can't get access to and sneaks into a men's room and talks to him. And there's like dialogue black and forth, blah, blah. And like she like kind of like, you know, is is being tough with him. And he says, with balls like yours, you belong in here. Right. Like, and I really love Harry Lennox a lot, the actor that plays that and the character, but bad dialogue. And it's like I saw those back to back and I and, and it bothered me and it bothered me. Like I kept thinking about it. Because it's like that Monchismo of 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 that of that dialogue of like that tone in it permeates all of this. Dude, you like know it's all even, of it. You know it's even worse that I didn't even think of because you you texted me those two phrases mm-hmm. or we talked about him doing the spin sugar yeah. maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, what's even worse than that is you can make me drink piss and tell me it's granny's peach tea or whatever it is that holly hunter says when she's talking right. to fucking um yes Quasi uh, Luther. Luther. Yeah. yeah and it's just like it's so graphically gross it, yes yeah i don't know again like he and i think Goyer is just as responsible because think about dark knight rises and it actually some of it makes a lot of sense like the confused macho nature of things um the politically confused macho nature of things like makes a lot of sense honestly with Goyer. yeah yeah i don't know i i don't know it, the so anyway so the back to the justice league thing is there's all these disparate elements that don't really work well together yeah. and it's just because they're trying to build too much and it's yeah. like I've said this before, and I don't, I can't remember like the last time we had this conversation where I made this complaint, but all these people that there's so many people that make comic book movies that don't understand comic books. And I think it was really part of um what's his name? Oh sorry. <laughs> the um return superman director. It's it's one of the downfalls there. Brian Singer, yeah. Yeah, Brian Singer. It's one of the downfalls here. It's like comic book arcs live and breathe and take months or years to come together. Like you don't gotta shoot right. your wad and you know one dry run, so to speak. <laughs> like right. you can yes. you can let things like come together and breathe and and build and grow and then when you introduce things or when you pay things off, there's meaning for it. Like, dude, I'm not going to tell you that fucking Avengers or whatever is high art or anything, but I tear up at the end of fucking Infinity War. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, there's plenty of times. Oh, when the, well, dude, when the, when the snap happens, 
Or, and you fuck- know, like, th- think about how you feel when um, Yondu dies in Guardians yes. of the Galaxy right. 2. Right. Like, dude, yes. that's heartbreaking yes. when, when that dude dies. And it's like, it's because you've built this man over several movies and given right. him meaningful right. dialogue and a connection to the character and to correct the audience and it means something when you kill him and mm-hmm. it's like goyer and and singer don't under or goyer and um snyder don't understand how to tell the story like how to bring that feeling of connection into the the heart of the viewer and it's just Right. Just makes it all kind of lame. I don't know. So, agreed. Um, yeah. So, what's your what's your ultimate like? We're 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 this is the end of of, of Superman for us forever, really. Until um, the new ones come out. Uh, sure, sure. I mean, but like, in terms of like this kind of random haphazard journey or whatever. Like this is the end. What what is your what's your biggest takeaways from if anything of having done this? Like, is it that they nobody's been able to really get it right? Like I mean, I think it just illustrates how bad DC is at, at world building and universe building. Like, because I think people have got I, I think people have gotten it right with other characters. I think I think Captain America and Iron Man are the two best illustrations of getting it right repeatedly, mm-hmm. both in an in, in individual character movies and ensemble pieces, and showing how two people can be similar and fight with each other and break apart and then come back together and have it mean something. You know what I mean? Like right. that's the perfect example of it being done well and. This is DC continuously shows that they don't understand it, that they're still stuck in this weird 90s mentality that they have to like, oh, I got to put out a movie. I got to, we always got to have a movie coming out. We always have to have something. And, you know, Marvel was stuck in that with Spider Man for the longest time with, you know, the McGuire movies and then the reboot. And then, the Garfield movies and then the reboot. And now, you know, you've got what's his name? Um, Holland. And hopefully they don't reboot him anytime soon. But I think they started young enough where they probably can like keep him around for a little bit. Right. But it's like they they realize we can't just keep rebooting these characters every three or four years. Like we have to stick with it to make people care and invest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what people care about is they, they want to see, that's why TV is so popular now. Like why people will sit there and watch Ahsoka and the Mandalorian and the book of Boba Fett and, you know, the bad batch cartoon and Andor. like the, they'll sit there and invest in all this stuff because they want to know the story and they want to know how it connects. Right. They want to feel smart when they see when they get the connection without you rubbing your their face in it, because right. people like to feel like they understand things and they like to feel like they figured something out. Like it makes people feel good about watching your stuff. And if you're continuously, you know, like the Justice League doesn't exist in the same world as the Suicide Squad, 
which doesn't exist in the same world as Nolan's Batman or Pattinson's Batman. You right. know what I mean? Like right. you can't just continuously have all these disparate things. Yeah. And hope that anybody will ever care mm-hmm. when you try to bring them together. Yeah. And I mean, Batman in terms of gun and herring in it, inheriting like this uh Reese Batman I think it's fine to do two different Batmans if you was and and because they're they're doing the Penguin, which I'm I saw a mini trailer for it and I think that's going to be fantastic. But um, and they're going to let Reeves continue. I think that's fine, and I can't remember what they're calling it. It's like um, but basically it's like an extended universe, uh, alternate universe type thing. I think there's still room. I think people understand the Batman character enough that you can do like multiple versions of it. Um, I think people are wise enough to be able to make that distinction in some way. And marketing will be a part of that. But it is unfortunate that he inherited something that I think is really good. And it's a really good Batman version that we've talked about before. And he's going to do his own Batman, and it's. I do think that's unfortunate that he that it's like there was something that was w- well done that he inherited and has to kind of let continue, um, because there's right. already a fan base for it. Because uh, otherwise, he could start over and you know just from scratch and just do it all in his own, and he's going to. It's just yeah, it's just unfortunate. But um, I am excited for that Reef stuff because I really like the Batman. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really good too, but now yeah. build me a universe around that. Right. I literally, I, I get your point, and it's true that these, it, it's the reason why you can reboot it so many times and people don't care and they'll go and see it. Sure. But ultimately, if you really want to, and that, you know what? Let me, let me put it this way you're right for Batman. You can do that with Batman. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can do it for Superman a little bit, even though, like, it's hit or miss with how much people care about it, but those sure. movies still have all made a lot of money. Right. You ain't going to do that shit for the Martian Manhunter. No, no, you can't no. put out the, the blue beetle. Like they just put out a blue beetle movie. They yeah. can't do that shit with a character like that or black Adam right. or agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So if you right. build Batman, it, it's the reason why, again, like Captain America and Iron Man are so successful because they took, two actors that were perfect for the roles they built franchises around them and then they brought them together and then they mm-hmm. brought them apart and built like more franchises for more people and brought all the like you know it was just like solo movies ensemble movies and so when you get to the ensemble movie because of the star power of the people you know portraying your main characters so in DC's case you need to have Wonder Woman batman superman flash maybe mm-hmm. then people can get invested in the characters that are like the side characters there right right and they want to come back and they want to see it and like that there's a reason why those avengers movies are some of the highest grossing movies of all time mm-hmm. and it's not because they're like these greatest movies it's because You've built so much investment in this mm-hmm. world from these individual episodes right. that you want to see that now, like, you want to see the payoff. Like, I got to see the quote unquote season finale, right? Sure. Yep. And they're, and Marvel's fucking it up now with the way they're doing their newest phase because they're just all over the place with this shit. Yeah. They, they lost I, the plot. Yeah. 
they're putting characters together that nobody cares about and it's just going to end up being like to their detriment yes until they bring in the fantastic four and the x-men and then people will care again sure but it's it's going to be like they're, they're using the television series and i don't dislike all those television series but they're using the television series to try to build up movies and i think that's a mistake like nobody's going to care about the dark avengers when it comes out because nobody's actually going to know the dark avengers I'm I'm gonna say something that I criticized a couple of our friends for saying. I'm just burned out on all that shit. Sure. Like Secret Secret Invasion came out and Yeah. I haven't done any of it yet. I I don't it's just yeah. it's it's just too much. It's like yeah. I just don't care. I know I right. and most of it's because I could give two fucks about the scrolls. The creed, right. the scrolls, I don't right. give a shit. It's right. Right. Some of the more boring Marvel stuff to me, ultimately, I yeah. didn't like Secret Invasion as a comic. There's so many better things you could have done and not have it be that. But sure. I think a part of it is I think a lot of these creators, I don't know. I, for, on Mar in Marvel's defense, I think they're saving some monumental things for later. Like they want to... Um, they want to save some storylines, so that's cool that they're not like trying to cram everything in there and they're using these like yeah more minor storylines to kind of propel this this phase. Cause the more important things are gonna be with the Fantastic Four and the X-Men anyway. Right. I think. Right. So anyway, I don't All know. Right. I so I really enjoyed watching Man of Steel more than I did the first time. Uh -huh. And I enjoyed Batman v Superman a little less than I enjoyed it the first time, although I still kind of appreciated the stuff that I did the first time. But I, I think I just don't think it's aged as well. Right. And then Justice League, I, I watched an hour and 40 minutes of it. Yeah. I was like, fuck this movie. I had to stop. <laughs> I can watch it. Right. And I think what I realized is it's just it's too much. Like Snyder is just way too heavy handed. Yeah. Everything's got to be like. It's funny because if like you and I have talked about this before, like we both watch things with um closed captioning on, mm -hmm. and it's like funeral dirge plays in background. Yes, yes, yes. Um, that's the so whole movie. Longing, longing something in foreign language in background. Yeah. It's like yeah. right, of course it is because right. someone was going Ooh. right. Uh huh. Uh huh. As everyone walks real slow. Yeah, it the happens. It happens during what, Army of the Dead or whatever, too, right? Is that what it's called? Not yeah, that, it, that, it, it, that, that's right. Something like that. Land of the Dead, maybe. Whatever the Las Vegas of the Dead movie was. Yeah, it is Army of the Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it happens there too, like like shit like that, like all the time. Um. We um on the Spencer Grin at some point, like we need to watch the Rebel Moon trailer. You know about Rebel Moon? I know about it. I've never seen a trailer for it. Okay. Um I saw a preview trailer to a trailer today that made me chagrined somewhat. Yeah, what was that? Um, the new uh Fetty Alvarez directed alien movie that's coming out. Oh, I don't think yeah. I know about that. Oh, it's 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 a young ensemble cast taking on the xenomorph menace on a distant planet. Blah blah blah. Sure, gotcha. That um, I'm looking now. Yes, that all make that all makes sense. Surprising day, isn't it? Um, so 
Yeah, I think that my biggest takeaways out of this, which was this was never like the plan, like to do this ever. Like it was like we were going to do this Superman one for the 45th anniversary. And then it's like I was just like, do you just want to like watch all these like and. um, I think there's something I think there's a reason Christopher Reeve is still like kind of like kind of ingrained in people's minds as Superman is I think there is. I didn't realize it as a kid, but it's like there's a charm to that guy as an actor, I think. Um, and I think it's really unfortunate what happened to him because I would have liked to have seen that guy age and seeing what he could have done as he progressed in life. Because he was imperfect, you know, as an actor. But I think there's a lot of charm to that guy. And I think Street Smart, because I remember that movie when I was a kid, like and watching it. I think it shows like a lot of potential with him. And he just never really gets there. Um, and then what? It's like 90, 93 or something is when that accident happens. I mean, yeah, it was when I was in high school. Right. So <clears throat> I <clears throat> I'm was really impressed with the way Lois Lane was treated in the early Superman movies in 78 and 80 overall. Well, so not to interrupt you, but yeah. Lois Lane is portrayed in those movies in the way she's portrayed in the comics. Yeah. Which is this blousy liberated woman who um, says what she wants and doesn't take no guff and mm-hmm. is just about like, wanting to be with superman at a certain point and that's fine i mean that's the yeah. character right and margaret kidder does a good job there yeah and i and i and i i think that she ended up being like really the best representation of lois lane out of any of these movies too um maybe not the best actress but the best representation of like that character um i was really disappointed with hackman overall and that overall portrayal of luther um in the end there's things I liked comedically about it, but like overall, like I, I did not like that Luther. I've found that I've never really fully liked Luther in any of these movies. Um, as Luther, like I, it, it, nothing. You know, the best Luther is when you made me watch the Justice League animated series back in like the late two yeah. thousands. That Luther, I liked, and like nothing even comes close to that to me. Like, um. Because Luther is a, a titan of industry. Right. And he's brilliant and he's masculine. That's the that's the best Luther is that Luther is the ultimate man's man who can't reconcile himself with this alien making him feel like less less than a man because right. he feels inadequate next to him. Sure. And Luther's whole arc is proving He's more adequate than the Superman by virtue of his humanity. Mm -hmm. And he with, you know, he just he he fucks up and he fails and he gets beaten by Superman because Superman is better than he is and has Mm -hmm. like all these advantages that he doesn't have. But as you know, a man, he has excelled at everything and he succeeds at everything. And it's just his ego that he can't get past. Right. But he's not a fucking gibbering lunatic. Sure. Right, not, yeah. Yeah. 
like I said, a... I, I I really like the Eisenberg performance, but it's not Lex Luthor. It's, it's right. You, a different you said it was Riddler, and that's yeah. right. And that's, that's pretty much the right. Joker. Is yeah, fine sure. Too. Yeah. Oh God, I'd rather much see that as the Joker than what they tried to do in the DC shit, like um, in that iteration. But uh, what is oh, Quest for Peace surprised me because i i watched that movie a lot as a kid because it was always on like cinemax or something yeah um and i knew it wasn't great like but i was surprised to find that like when i watched it it was like god they could have made this good like you know um i was really surprised that like i enjoyed that as much as i did because of the imagining the possibilities of it um superman returns I did not expect to be as bored as I was with it. I just thought it was, it was the dull, honestly, it was as much as I've like said, I don't get Man of Steel. Superman Returns was the dullest of all these movies. Yes. Not the worst, but the dullest. Yeah. Superman Returns is. Nothing's as bad as Superman 3, man. No, Superman 3 is the worst. Yes. (laughs) Superman, Superman Returns was the dullest, though. Um, like I was just kind of just sitting there watching it, just bored the entire time, and it's a shame because I did like Brandon Ruth in that. Um, and then these movies, I guess I wasn't surprised because I've watched them also recently, but um, I I think watching them, it's like I could see the potential, and you you've explained it better than I have in like your kind of like you know plotting of things, I think, but it's like yes, there's such potential of what you could do and it's completely unfulfilled and undermined by Goyer and Schneider in these movies because everything is so rushed and if you spread it out and tried to do even half of what Marvel did um it would be much better to build those characters up because I felt no connection to like any of these characters yeah and again I think it's because they just don't understand like how to do it and I don't know. I, I don't know what it is about. Maybe it's just the fact that I don't know. So I recently won an auction for a run of um the Superman reboot from 1987 written by John Byrne. I got like mm-hmm. the first like 20 some issues of it for a really, really cheap price, but I've been reading them. They're not very good. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because John Byrne is not a bad writer, but they're not good because they're not bad. There's good stuff in them and there's really good ideas. But oh, sorry. To me, <laughs> like Superman doesn't become interesting until in the eyes of the people that know him, him and Clark Kent are merged into a person, right? Like they're one person. It's not Clark Kent pretending to be something he's not you know it's to at least like when he's around Lois and you know there doesn't need to be the mystery of who Clark Kent is which why does there even need to be anyway like why right. anyway? I don't know right. it doesn't matter right yeah I um I I was such a mark for the summer of steel that uh earlier this week I watched the pilot to uh Superman and Lois I did not continue watching air for that but I, I wanted to see like just how it was portrayed and they go in, like, I think in the first five minutes, maybe not even that long, two minutes, they kind of, like, do, like, they show the baby crashing and 
like do like a like you know and then i moved he, he's voicing it over and then i moved to metropolis and like all this stuff and that show is a very cw show but it's um lois and superman like in their mid-40s with teenage boys and basically it becomes like one tree hill i think i think the idea is it will become one tree hill kind of they have like these two teenage boys and the one that's angsty and has social anxiety is the one that ends up with powers and the jock is the one that doesn't um and there's going to be teen hijinks in that Mm. um so you got the teen hijinks but you also have like the actual superhero shit with superman um it was fine like there was nothing wrong with it the pilot but i I would never sit down and watch five four seasons or whatever it is of that show um like it was a very more traditional kind of golden age portrayal of superman as the father kind of like that just can't get things right a little bit like you know he's not completely bumbling He's very the the portrayal of Clark Kent though is interesting in that very like Weezer esque like he he looks like the glasses and like the hair like is very like I don't know it's like it's definitely designed for a certain generation to like try to get them to watch um along with young people with the teen shit um I'm excited for the gun stuff uh after watching this I hope. I hope that the glimpses we've seen in Guardians means that he can do drama right. And that's my big question mark, I think, with him. Is that, like, can he have a fairly serious movie without, like, overwhelming it with comedy? Because... I don't know. Who knows? Guardians walks that tightrope, you know? I mean... It's like they're largely it's a lot of it's comedy, like among the interactions with people, but that you get to know those characters and that comedy is there. But it's like when things get serious, they get serious. He has to do at at least the reverse, if not more with Superman. And I, I don't know. I don't know what that looks like with James Gunn, but I'm interested to see. Um, All right. Any final thoughts, Frank? on the summer steel before we finish uh i enjoyed it a lot more than i thought i would when you brought it up originally okay cool. i was nonplussed by the idea and <laughs> i i liked more movies than i disliked in hmm. in the in the watching of them okay cool um i really want to get more into the the animated adaptations that DC has put out of these characters, because I think, hmm. I think there's something there that might be interesting and worth watching. Um, and they do a lot of like the, the smaller stories, right? Which I'm kind of interested in. So they tell like, um, they tell more of the backstory of the characters and the smaller things that they would never do like in a, a movie, you know, cause they cost so much money to make. So right. Max has a shitload of um, those movies up. So I'm probably just going to take the time to, right. You know, 
I'll tell you what I'm going to watch this weekend, and I might just watch it tomorrow, is um, The Last Voyage of the uh, Demeter. Oh, the where, where, you say, where is that at again? I got to rent it. It's oh, on Prime, okay. But, okay. Um, yeah. there's, several, there's several things that have come up recently to rent, and I'm not going to pay for like everything, but I do want to see that. You know what else I'm really kind of excited to see, and I can't believe I'm going to say this because it feels really hypocritical for me to say it. What's that? I think the fucking Nun sequel looks fantastic. Oh, that's funny. Um, I was going to show you that trailer like a couple weeks ago, and didn't because I knew that you were very anti-nun. Yes, I think it's a really stupid character, and I think it's like incredibly obvious and like kind of boring. But the way that that movie is filmed is really interesting, and there's some some pretty cool like imagery in it. And I'm just I'm I'm kind of down to mm-hmm. to see the fucking nun. Okay. The Nun 2. Um, oh, the Boogeyman. So... Available to buy for fourteen ninety nine. Thus ends the Summer of Steel. This podcast that, like, uh, nobody asks... What did I say? Nobody asks for and nobody seems to really want. Um, yeah, well, but I hope accomplished those, it. those that uh those that have listened i hope you enjoy it and i hope more people find it because i do think it was a interesting journey and um it is definitely something i think in future years like you know like next year like i'd try to like to try to find something else to do something similar with um we talked about it a little bit um possibilities but i would like to try to do something similar where we kind of over the course of two to three months like cover like a franchise or something like that and examine those movies of something we would not normally talk about um yeah i'm done all right well everyone thanks for listening and um we'll be back in a two to three weeks with uh the top five horror movies of 2007 yes 2007 Um, So thanks for listening. Have a great week. Deuces.